Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So as we have been discussing on the Christian character, today we are going to talk about pillar number five of the Christian character. Pillar number five of the Christian character is known as forgiveness. Forgiveness is the number five pillar of Christian character. Last week we spoke about love. We spent a good amount of time to understand what kind of love that God is expecting from us. Our own life is expecting from us. Our family is expecting from us. And the people around us, including those who are lost. And we defined, we try to define love, and this is how we define love. Love is not feelings. Love is not emotions. Love is not attraction. Our love is not just liking or disliking others. But love is how we behave and treat others. Can you repeat that after me if those who are awake this morning? Love is... How we behave and treat others. What did we say? Love is how we behave or how we act and how we treat others. Just don't remember, sorry, don't forget two things. Number one is how we act and how we treat others. Okay, so that's what is love. And we told that it is very important to study about love for a couple of reasons. Number one, if we know what is love, we will be united. The unity is kept inside the church. And if you know what is love inside the family, marriages won't fall apart. Husband and wife, they are going to be together forever. So it's very important that we need to know what love is. And also, when we know what real love is, we will show the love of Christ to others. And we went on to talk about the first and great commandment that Jesus spoke. What was that? Love your God. And second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. We spoke about that. And we also talked about a couple of things. Love towards God. Love towards self. And love towards family. And love towards other. And how do we love those who are lost? Those who do not have Christ in their lives. Scripture is asking us to love them. How do we love them? And finally we said, God is going to judge us if we are not loving someone who do not have Christ. You know, if someone who is not having Christ in his life, Scripture is expecting us to love him or love her. And if we do not love, God is going to judge us. We talked about that. And this morning, let's, let's move further. We are going to talk about the fifth characteristics of Christian character that's called forgiveness it's called forgiveness we're going to take this subject you know further down this morning you know this is a very very in-depth topic and I believe this morning God will give us grace so let, let, let's talk a little bit about you know what we do before we really get into the topic we just go through the biblical convictions of Christian character and I believe this is important every time when we deal with these subjects so shall we just continue shall we just go ahead by reading these convictions from the bottom of your heart not just from the lips from the bottom of your heart let's shall we do that number one 
one. The Bible, all of us together, the Bible is the inspired word of God and the final authority in my life. My purpose in life is to love God and to order my life around his priorities. My body is the temple of God and I must not defile it. My church correctly teaches me the foundational truths of the Bible. My children are gifts from God and I develop godly character in them. My action must never weaken the scriptural convictions of others. My marriage is a lifelong commitment to God and to my spouse. My money is given by God to manage it faithfully and wisely. I don't want it. My words must be in harmony with God's word. I am accountable. My affections should be set on things above, not on things of the earth. Being said that, this morning, we are going to talk about pillar number five, forgiveness. Forgiveness. You know, when we think about the topic of forgiveness, I'm even afraid, you know, take this, to take this topic further this morning. But, you know, all of us are here open for God to speak to us as we deal with this subject. Pillar number five, forgiveness. Let's try to define forgiveness, what forgiveness is. And this is what dictionary says. Dictionary says, stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense or a flaw or a mistake that he has or she has made. What is forgiveness? Stop feeling angry with someone who has done something against us. Can I see your hands if anybody has done anything against you in this world? Yes? For all of us, most of us, someone has done something against us at some point of time. Right? That's true. For our, all our hard work, someone has taken the credit. Right? We were trying to do everything sincerely. But some false accusation fell on us and we were blamed. You know, there are many situations every day, if you are alive on this earth, we are going to come across such situations that somebody is doing something against us. And the definition says, stop feeling angry when someone does something against you. Now this morning as we take this, I just want you to, you know, just, just, don't, just, just, just don't capture the words and just leave them. But try to apply in your life and that will bring a great deal of blessing this morning. And forgiveness is also an act of pardoning or, you know, uh, forgiving. Act of pardoning somebody who is an offend offender, who has, who has done something against you. The original Greek term which got translated as forgiveness, that literally means let it go. Or to let go. To let go the debt that you have you know, given to somebody. For example, you have lent something to someone. And he's not in the position to pay that back to you. And you are saying that, I let that go. That is what is forgiveness. The real biblical meaning of forgiveness is, as when a person does not demand the payment for a debt. When we say that I don't want that money, you just keep it. Because I know your situation. I know that you are not in the position to give, pay that back to me. I forgive you. 
You know, that's what is the biblical meaning for forgiveness. So forgiveness means canceling debt. Can, I re- can you repeat after me? Forgiveness means canceling debt. There are some more definitions. Forgiveness means releasing resentment. Can you repeat that? Forgiveness means releasing resentment. You know, you're angry with somebody. You're upset with somebody. You know, you have bitterness against somebody. You are just letting that go. You just release that. That's what is forgiveness. Forgiveness also means remembering to forget. What is that? Remembering to forget. Someone has done something against us. And we need to remember to not remember that what he has done, but remember to forget. And forget that what he has done against you. That's what is forgiveness. And this morning as we take this topic, I'm sure God will open our eyes. So let, let's put our, these two topics together. Like for, We talk about forgiveness and we also say that Christian character. How do they go together? Let's think about Christianity. Christianity was founded on forgiveness. If you remember what happened in the Garden of Eden. You know, God is holy God. His holiness demands sin-free life. His holiness demands justice. He's a righteous God. His righteousness demands righteousness in our lives. But at the same time, God is also merciful. Even in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, His holiness demanded them to be thrown out of the Garden of Eden. But his compassion and his mercy prepared, planned for eternity. He has lost his eternity. And how do we plan so that he can come to the eternal heavens? And at the Garden of Eden, when God spoke to the serpent, he said, I'm going to send my son Jesus to this world. That is what is forgiveness. So Christianity was founded on forgiveness. We are talking about the reason why we are talking about forgiveness this morning. Because we are saying that forgiveness is a Christian character. And think about Jesus Christ when he was hanging at the cross. He forgave those who crucified him. You know, it was not easy. He has been tortured for a while now. And he was put to cross. And he is praying to God, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. Christianity was founded on forgiveness. And Jesus commanded his disciples to forgive. How many times? 70 times. Good answer. Good answer. 70 times 7. How much is that? 70 times 7. I see somebody taking his calculator. 70 times 7 is for 90 times. Jesus commanded all of us to forgive that many times. Think about Lord's prayer. What do we pray? What Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Christianity is found based on forgiveness. When Jesus commanded us to forgive, as we read in Mark chapter 11, verse 26, this is what Jesus said, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. What does it mean? Jesus said very clearly, 
If I don't forgive somebody today, God cannot forgive my sins. Just very clear. If I'm not willing to forgive somebody, God cannot forgive my sins. So as Christians, as children of God, as believers, when we come together in the presence of God and ask for his forgiveness, God is not going to forgive us until, unless we forgive somebody that we are carrying that bitterness against, bitterness against him or against her. And finally, Christ forgive. Simple reason why we need to forgive. Why forgiveness is a Christian character? Simple reason is Christ forgive. So he expects you and me to forgive. Forgiveness is part of Christian character. This morning I just want to take it further this little more. Let's talk about Christ's forgiveness. Little more in detail. Christ-like forgiveness. You know, sometimes we say that no, 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 he was God and it was easy for him to forgive. And we are just human. How can we forgive? Because he spoke to me against me such a word. And I can never forget that word. And we all deal with it every day. And this morning God may speak to us. Let's talk a little bit about Christ-like forgiveness. Scripture says in John 19.34, But one of the soldiers who pierced his side with a spear, when he did that, immediately blood and water came out. As I mentioned that this morning, it's believed that when he pierced the side with the spear, that spearhead went and hit his heart. And it broke, pierced his heart. And there was a little bit of blood that was remaining inside his heart. Along with water, it gushed out of his side. We're talking about Christ-like forgiveness this morning. The blood that came out of his body that signifies forgiveness. Jesus died already because a Roman soldier came and he was about to break the bones of the leg. And he did that for the two thieves. Then only they will die. They will be, not be able to take you know, breath. That's how they die. Because they need to be put to death soon. But when he came to Jesus, prophetically it is said that you know, his legs will not be broken, his bones will not be broken. So when he saw Jesus already die, he already gave up the ghost. And to make sure, again, as it was the desire of Lord Jesus to drop the final drop of his blood, Soldiers, the soldier pierced him from the side. Blood came out. Blood signifies forgiveness. Water came out. Water signifies the love of God in this context. Forgiveness and love is what Jesus could show to this mankind. Even at the cross and even after the death at the cross. You know, today that happens to our lives. When people pierce our hearts with words. When people pierce our hearts with their attitudes, with their actions, with their responses, the question is, what comes out of our hearts? You know, when someone speaks something against me, what really comes out? You know, not maybe a few days later. A few days later, I may realize, oh, probably what he said is, you know, that's what he said. 
It's okay. What he said is correct. That may take months together. But when Jesus was pierced, scripture says, immediately forgiveness and love came out. And this morning, the question you and I need to ask is, you know, when somebody pierces our hearts, what really comes out of us? Do we have forgiveness coming out of us? You know, I find it difficult as I put all this sermon together. You know, I wish I can sit there and listen because probably God's speaking to me. And I believe God is speaking to you. When someone speaks against us, when someone doesn't like us being living in a good condition, someone they really doesn't appreciate at all in spite of we doing good many times, many days. We see that in the family, we see that in the churches, we see that in the, all the community groups. When such thing happens, what really comes out of us? An apple tree, you all would have seen an apple tree. You know, there are many juicy fruits that are hanging in an apple tree. When a stone is thrown to the apple tree, it doesn't hold that apple. Immediately it releases the apple. There are stones thrown in our lives just for the reason just we are Christians. Maybe in our workplaces, there are stones thrown in our life. Maybe stones thrown by your spouse in your family life. Just because you are godly, just because you have a, you're trying to build a Christian character within us, there are stones thrown in our lives, stones thrown in our lives by the family members, by the society, by the church. When such thing happens in our lives, what really comes out of us? What really comes out of us? This morning God may speak to us. We are talking about Christ-like forgiveness. You know, you and I need something that is very precious, that's very important today. That's called the gift of forgiveness. Have you come across people who are blessed with that gift of forgiveness? You tell anything you want to tell, you tell them. They don't really take it to their heart, they just leave it. Gift of forgiveness. You know, this is one of the most forgotten gifts. We talk about many other gifts today. We talk about all the spiritual gifts. We talk about the gifts of hospitality. We talk about so many other gifts. But one forgotten gift is called the gift of forgiveness. You know, Jesus spoke a parable in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. We'll not go there to read. There was a king and there were many servants. And one of the servants, he borrowed, he kept on borrowing money from the master. And later on, he realized the amount he borrowed was 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents, if you calculate in today's money, it says it is few billion dollars. Somebody says it is 10 billion, billion, not even million, 10 billion dollars. Or someone says it is 14 billion, whatever it may be. It's few billion dollars, 10,000 talents. You know, he has such a great debt that he can never pay that in his lifetime. And his master told, you need to pay that immediately. And this servant came to the master and fell at his feet. Master, please be patient with me. I don't have ability to pay all these things. And the master had compassion on him. And he said, I forgive you. I forgive you all the 10,000 talents. You don't need to give me anything. And he was very happy. He went out. And he saw another fellow servant there. And that fellow servant borrowed 100 denarii. 
to this servant whom was forgiven. And he went and asked him, you borrowed 100 denarii. 100 denarii is a few thousands of dollars maybe. You borrowed 100 denarii. Give me that money. And he said, forgive me. Be patient with me. I don't have money to give you. And he went and grabbed him by his neck and he said, you need to pay that money. Think about him. He was forgiven 10,000 talents and now he is catching somebody for 100 denarii. And that news came to the master. You know what the master did? He called that servant back to whom it was forgiven. And he said, I am going to throw you into the prison until you pay that 10,000 talents to me. I forgave you 10,000 talents, but you are not willing to forgive even that 100 denarii. You know, today if I put myself in that place, we receive so much of forgiveness from God. So much of forgiveness from God. Every time I sin, I come into the presence of God and cry out to Him and He forgives me. If you start counting them, you know, each forgiveness, if you attribute $10 or $100 to each forgiveness, each time when I go to Savior Jesus and ask for forgiveness, how much it's already built up. But He has forgiven all that, our sins. But whereas we are not able to forgive somebody in our lives. You know, that's the nature of church today. That's the status of church today. Church is receiving forgiveness from Christ, but church is not willing to forgive somebody. You know, we, we all stream in that flow. I go through it. You go through it. And we are not willing to forgive anybody. You know, sometimes when somebody speaks against us, we feel hurt. How many of you here? I feel that. When someone tells something to us, we feel hurt. And I know that I need to be very careful to, when I speak to each one of you, I need to speak in different ways. Because otherwise you feel hurt. And same way you know that if I speak this way to pastor, he feels hurt. So I need to speak in a different way. You know, we are in the same boat. We are in the same boat. That means we don't have the gift of forgiveness. Someone said, if you feel hurt when someone says something to you, you have ego within you. The reason why you feel hurt, because of your ego. You may ask, is it possible? Yes, it is possible. We need grace. We need that gift. I need that gift. All of us need that gift of forgiveness. The gift of forgiveness. If we have this gift, you know, this gift will transform our lives. This gift will use us in His kingdom. This gift will bring all the other blessings in our lives. So what you and I need this morning is the gift of forgiveness. If we have the gift of forgiveness, we don't feel hurt at all. We don't feel hurt at all. No matter what people say, you just smile at them. Not just outwardly, inwardly. You don't take it inside your heart. You know, I know some of you are gifted that little bit. I thank God for that gift that you have. You don't feel really. You just say that, okay, sorry. Just, you know, just, just leave from that place and make sure that you don't carry that in your heart. 
how good it will be if I have that gift in me. How good it will be if you have that gift in me. We are talking about this morning, fifth pillar of Christian character called forgiveness. What the biblical measure of forgiveness, let's talk a little bit about that. What Bible says, how much we need to forgive? You know, this is difficult. I'm not really willing to preach this this morning. This is difficult. But it is scriptural. What Bible says, how much we need to forgive? How, what is the measure of our forgiveness? Number one, it says 70 times 7. Let's read that scripture. In Matthew 18, 21 to 22, as we see in the screen, let's read that together. 21 says, then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? Good question. And how many times I have to forgive him? And he asked up to seven times. He was just referring to some of the Old Testament laws. Should I forgive him seven times? And verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 70 times seven, that is almost 490 times we need to forgive. You know, that becomes difficult for me. If someone makes a mistake, first time I'm willing to tell him. Second time I'm willing to tell him. And third time I'm willing to tell him. And fourth time, I'm not ready to go back and tell him that, you know, you need to correct yourself. I just ignore him. You know, that's what is me. That's what is within me. I don't know what is it within you. I have a habit of ignoring people at times. If they are not willing to listen, let them go. That's what I say. But Jesus, my Savior, he did not say that. He said... Up to 490 times we should be willing to forgive. It speaks to me, it speaks to you. That's what is the word of God. It hurts both sides. Two-edged sword. Two-edged sword. We are called to forgive, I believe. There is no reason, there is no other duty that we have in the church of God, in our society, within our families. We are called just to forgive. In Luke chapter 17, verses 3 and 4. Luke 17, 3 and 4. Scripture says, Jesus said, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sin against you, rebuke him. You know that he is into sin. He is into sinful things. You can personally, you can call him and rebuke him. It is applicable to everybody, not just pastors and believers. It is also applicable to believers, to pastors too, all the leaders too. You can call them separately and rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And verse 4 says, and if he sins against you seven times in a day. Listen to me. Listen to me. This, this is important. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and what you should do? Seven times in a day, return to you saying, I repent. What you should do? You shall forgive. How many times we need to forgive in a day? Seven, day, seven days. There are how many days in a month? Come on. How many days in a month? 30 days. So 30 into seven times. How many years? How many days in a year? 600. So we need to uh, multiply. Sorry. 360. 365 days. So 365 into 7 times. We need to. So how many years we are going to live? How many years? You don't know? How many years we are going to live? Okay. 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110. Like we are going to live for such a long time. And how many times we need to forgive? That many years. 
multiplied by that many days and for each day seven times that many times we need to forgive so that means unlimited we are called to forgive if someone comes and tells you forgive me there is no reason why you cannot forgive and Ephesians 4.32 says and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you as God forgives us we are called to forgive you know think about if Christians live according to this standard what kind of unity we may be seeing inside the church what kind of unity we may be seeing among the churches there are you know, non-Christians ask that question. You have one Bible, but you have thousands of denominations. Why? Maybe forgiveness. Someone holds on, hold on to one doctrine, and others are not willing to forgive him, not willing to cooperate with him, and they separate and form another church. But what is important here is to forgive. Is to forgive. Let's talk a little bit about the power of forgiveness. It's powerful this morning, I believe, if we really take this to your heart. Power of forgiveness. John chapter 19, verse 37. We are reading from John chapter 19, verse 37. And again, another scripture says, They shall look on him whom they pierced. Again, back to life of Jesus. It was a prophetical word. And it, was, it, it got fulfilled at the time when Jesus was crucified. Everybody that, that they were walking on the streets, they looked on him whom they pierced. Christ was hanging at the cross, his side was pierced, and now everybody is looking at him. And it is also futuristic when the days are about to come, when Son of Man appears, the one who was pierced, who was, he's appearing, every eye is going to look unto him. You know, that immediate forgiveness of Lord Jesus Christ brought such a great blessing in his life. And our lives today. You know, when we forgive somebody immediately, we see that God bringing them back to us for a favor. If you are willing to forgive them immediately, because that's what scripture says, people will look at him, the one who was pierced. They pierced him and he forgave them. And now people are going to look at him for salvation. If we are willing to forgive, if we are immediately able to forgive somebody, God will bring such a situation that they will come to us for a blessing. They will come to us for a blessing. Have you experienced that in your life? When you show the kind of kindness of God, love of Christ in your life, and when you are willing to forgive that someone in your life, days later, they will come back to you and say, sorry, forgive me. But you can tell them, I already forgave you. I don't have anything in, your mind, in my mind about you. I already forgave. The tradition says, the soldier who pierced Lord Jesus Christ at the side, his name was Longimus. It's only tradition, not in the Bible. It's only history. His name was Longimus. And Longimus, he was having a great difficulty in his eyes. He could not see properly in one of his eyes. And tradition says when he pierced Lord Jesus at the side, 
The final drop of the blood of Lord Jesus Christ fell on his eyes and his eye got healed right there. Just traditions again. But it makes sense. That forgiveness brought blessings on him who pierced Lord Jesus. And think about the situation that Jesus was praying. We are talking about the power of forgiveness. When Jesus was hanging at the cross, you know, he was in the most humiliated state. He was having a most painful moment in his life. His body was totally weak. Even in that situation, he was able to forgive. He was able to forgive. And this morning we are talking about the power of forgiveness. Just want to share a quick story with you. In a communist country, there was a Christian woman and he had a, she had a little boy. And every year, when the mother's you know, uh, birthday comes, the boy used to make a bouquet and bring that bouquet to his mother. And she was a very godly woman in the communist country. And as he was professing Christ, the faith in Jesus Christ, his mother was killed by a soldier, by a commander of the army in the communist country. The mother got killed, and the son was a little boy, he was just growing up. And the next birthday came, and mother was not alive to receive the bouquet. And he made that bouquet, and he was walking with that bouquet to the, the graveyard. He thought, probably I will go and place that bouquet in the graveyard so that my mother will feel happy. I know that she's in heaven, but she will feel happy if I do that. But around the way, he remembered that mother kept on telling him, son, we must love our enemies. That's what Jesus taught us. It is important that we need to love somebody, those who are coming against us. And the moment he get the thought, the commander who killed his mother came into his mind. And he thought, if I leave my bouquet at the grave, nothing is going to happen because mom is already with the Lord Jesus. I will do one thing. I will take this bouquet and walk into the office of that commander who killed my mother. And he carried that bouquet and he straight went into the captain's office to offer him that bouquet. And he went and said, sir, today is my mom's birthday. I used to give this bucket to my mom every year, but my mom was a Christian and he was loving everybody. She was loving everybody and last year you killed her. And I made this bucket today and I was going to lay this on her grave, but suddenly I remembered that mom told me, son, you must love your enemy. That's what Jesus taught us and you need to do that. And when I thought about that, I realized that I must bring this bouquet and give it to you. And he said, when I give this bouquet to you, you will be happy to see this bouquet. And when I do this, my mom is going to be happy because she told me that we need to love our enemies. The captain, who was a hard-hearted murderer of Christians, his heart was moved, his heart was pierced, by the words of this little boy. So instead of taking this bucket, he just took that son and he kissed that son and he kept him in his arms. And he said, Son, we communists, we were never taught to love our enemies. And today, you told about the love of Jesus. And that's a forgiving love. 
and you walked into my office in spite of me killing your mother. I need that Jesus. I need that Jesus. And he gave his life to Jesus at that moment. And very soon, for his living faithful testimony on Lord Jesus Christ, he was thrown into the prison that commander was. But this story tells you and me that there is power in our forgiveness. If we are willing to forgive somebody, we see God working on behalf of you. We see God doing great things in our lives on behalf of somebody to whom we are able to forgive. And this morning before we close, quickly I just want to take you through five aspects of forgiveness very quickly. Receiving forgiveness from God. Number one aspect of forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness from God. You know, we are called to receive forgiveness from Jesus Christ. These aspects are important in our lives. Psalm uh, 99 verse 8 says, I'll read that for you. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives. You know, the psalm is naming our God. And he's saying, you are the God who forgives. You and I need forgiveness of God. 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins to God, to Jesus, he is faithful to forgive us. We need that forgiveness. We need that forgiveness. You know, many times when we come into the presence of God, when we kneel down to pray, we just start praising God. We just start asking God for many things. We seldom realize that we need his forgiveness. We need his forgiveness. So number one forgiveness is to receive forgiveness from God. Number two, asking forgiveness of others. You know, sometimes we are not done anything against somebody. We did not, you know, do anything. We did not, you know, beat anybody or we did not speak so many words against somebody. But at times, we would have hurt somebody. Our words would have hurt somebody. And God is telling me and you, this morning we need to ask forgiveness from others. If you remember the parable that Jesus spoke in Matthew 5, 23, 24, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember your, you have something with your brother, again, against your brother, it says, leave the gift at the altar, go and reconcile with your brother, and then come back and give that offering. You know, that much it is important that we receive, ask forgiveness to others. You know, this morning God is expecting us. Shall we just make a decision this morning and tell him, Lord, I'm not going to be ashamed to ask forgiveness from others. You know, at times we are good asking forgiveness to God. And we think that most of the time it is between us and God. But this morning God is telling us, we need to ask forgiveness from others if we would have hurt them. At some point of time, we would have hurt them. We need to ask forgiveness. James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. So that scripture, if you turn it back and put it backward, it says, today you are not healed because you are not confessed your trespasses with one another. It's not just God's forgiveness alone. We also need to be forgiven because scripture says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That means you are not healed because you have not done that part correctly. This morning scripture demands us to get to receive forgiveness from others. Number three, 
forgiving ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. You know, many times we have questions within us. You know, many times we don't like ourselves. We hate our lives. We hate ourselves. You know, for many different reasons we don't like ourselves, our lives on this earth. And scripture says we need to forgive ourselves. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That means if you are a child of God, you cannot speak low about yourself. If you speak low about yourself, God doesn't like that. God is not happy about it. Because once you accept Jesus Christ, you are a child of God. There is no condemnation. Nobody can speak against your life because you are a child of God. And you don't have permission to speak anything bad, evil about your life. Because you are a child of God. Hebrews 8.12 says, God is merciful. He's forgiving. And you know, He forgets our sins. Once He forgives, He will not remember our sins anymore. Philippians 3.13-14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself. This is what Paul says. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things behind. You know, if you turn back your life, some of our past was not really good. Some of our past, we were involved in sinful things. But now when we turn back to our past, at times those things come up in our lives. And they speak bad things about you. And you start hating yourself. And God says, if God has forgiven you, there is no condemnation. The whole things cannot come. That's the reason Paul says. He was a murderer. And he says, forgetting those things, I will forget. I forget those things of my past and I move forward. You know, that's what God wants in your life and my life. God wants you to forgive yourself. Do not bring those past. They are all washed by his blood. And if they are washed by his blood, you may try to remember it, but God doesn't remember. That's what it says. The sinful things that we were involved with, God doesn't remember anymore. Third thing is about forgiving ourselves. Number four, forgiving God. You know, this may be something new to you. We need to forgive God. You may ask what sin God has done. Why should I forgive God? I want you to think about the times that you had questions. You were murmuring against God. You were grudges against God. Lord, why? Questions, Lord, why? Lord, why it is happening to me? And when you turn around and look at everybody, you feel that it is happening only to you. It's not happening to anybody else. You feel that it's happening only to your life. And you ask questions, Lord, why is this happening? Only me, only I am going through this. Lord, only my son is sick, Lord. He's not able to get up. He's not able to get out of that sickness. She's not able to get out of that sickness. Why it is only me? Lord, it's only my profession. My career is not coming up. Everybody else is going up. Only me. Lord, why my marriage is miserable? When people are living together jointly, they are married together and they are very happy years after year. But my life, my marriage, why only me? These questions are developing. Little bit of bitterness in our hearts. Is it true? 
little bit of bitterness in our hearts. God has not done any sin. But this bitterness against God need to be forgiven. God need to be forgiven. This morning I just want to open your eyes with the scripture. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Chapter 29. Verse 29. Just never forget the scripture. Deuteronomy. Can you repeat this after me? Deuteronomy. 29. 29. Deuteronomy. 29. 29. Read the scripture. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. What does it say? The secret things belong to the Lord. The questions that we ask. The questions that we don't get an answer from God. Scripture says those secret things belong to whom? To God. We are never going to find out those things. But what is revealed to us is what is known to us. And God is saying, we need to forgive God. Number five, scripture talking about forgiving others. We also need to forgive others. We need to receive forgiveness from others. And we also need to forgive others. You know, many times we think that we are forgiven, but we are not forgiven them yet. And this morning God is telling us, we need to forgive. Because scripture is very clear. If we forgive we will be forgiven. Only when we forgive somebody, we will be forgiven. Otherwise, the forgiveness is not there at all. We talked about the five different aspects of forgiveness. Now to summarize. We said forgiveness is literally, it means to let go. Let go, that's okay. He spoke, let me forgive. He did, she did, let me forgive, let it go. And we also talked about Christ forgive us. And we are also expected to forgive. We all need to have the gift of forgiveness. We need to pray for the gift of forgiveness. We are expected to forgive how many times? Unlimited times. Just remember this. Unlimited times. And forgiveness is powerful. We spoke about that. And we talked about five different aspects of forgiveness. Forgiveness of God. Forgiveness of others. Forgiving ourselves. And forgiving God. And forgiving others. Let's close. I just want to close again with this small story. Probably that may help us. Now it's a very touching story. It's a story of a Chinese Christian woman named Nancy Hong. Nancy Hong was a Chinese Christian woman. Now when she was born, his father made a promise to his friend that when she grows up, she will be married to your son the chinese girl's father made a promise to his friend saying that when my daughter grows up she will be married to your son and she grew up and as she was growing up she met with an accident and because of that accident there was a wound that she received on her face and the wound got healed but it left a very ugly scar on her face so the days came as the promise was made. The father decided to marry her, his daughter to his friend's son. And friend's son accepted that marriage. And she's no more good looking. And he decided to marry the girl. And they married together. And they started you know, living their life. And they were blessed with the lovely children. But the husband started hating his wife because 
she's not really good looking. And the problem was kind of, you know, building up. And they, he doesn't really like her. And she, being grown up in a godly family, she has the virtues of God. She has the gift of forgiveness within her. And she was serving her husband in spite of the hatred she received from her husband. Every time she was trying to do everything perfectly and whatever the need of her husband, she was willing to meet all her needs. And eventually, the man, the boy, his name is Victor, he, he was hospitalized because he was having serious problem in his eyes. And he was hospitalized and this girl, she started a small part-time job so that she could gain some money and with that money, she can pay for the treatment in the hospital. And every time she goes and visits him at the hospital, he, he was not willing to turn to her at all. In spite of she going to the hospital and making visits many times and making sure everything is all right and paying the hospital fee, everything, he was not at all willing, not at all willing. To do anything to with this little this, this girl and eventually he said don't come to the hospital I don't want to see your face don't come to the hospital and she stopped going to the hospital and eventually Victor lost both of his eyes but someone donated an eye to him and one eye got fixed in him and eventually he could see with his one eye and he came home. And Nancy, his wife, was serving food as usual on the table. And then Victor and Nancy and the children, they were sitting at the table. And suddenly the children shouted, Mommy, you must tell it now. Mommy, you must tell it now. And Victor was puzzled. He was not sure what the children are telling. And Victor turned around and looked at Nancy. One eye was missing. In Nancy. He was not sure what to do. And he could see today. Because Nancy went to the hospital. Without his knowledge. And donated her eye. That melted Victor's heart. And she started loving. Her. From that point onwards. Children are going to be together. They were happy about it. And eventually, that family has become a, such a beautiful family. And Nancy was appearing in the eyes of Victor as the most beautiful woman. You know what made all this change? Forgiveness. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.